Saxophonist vocalist Danny Backer is a jazz musician who is proud to call himself an entertainer, a label that is often shunned by the jazz community. Danny and his brother were a touring comedy team for years, and Danny proudly mentions his membership in the New York Friars Club in all of his press materials. Danny draws on his acting and comedy experience and his love of American standards with his latest CD, I'm Still Happy, which celebrates his positive take on life. Danny and I got together in Manhattan to talk about it all the day after Halloween when revelers were still celebrating outside my window. It was an exciting atmosphere for a conversation with this upbeat entertainer. I'm Judy Carmichael, and this is Jazz Inspired. I started by asking Danny Backer why he felt this was the time to make a CD called Still Happy, and also have that be the focus for each of the songs on the CD. The idea of happy being really an emotion, um, as opposed to just, you know, uh, something that somebody is or isn't. And what I wanted to do was take that emotion of happy and kind of convey that in all different ways. So you have, you know, happy, which is kind of ebullient you know, and joyous, could also be pensive. But, you know, you can be thoughtful and pensive and still be happy. So I think that was, you know, kind of the, the choice. And the reason the title, um, you know, I chose to do that title as opposed to, let's say, the song Get Happy, which is on the record, um, I felt that you know, Still Happy also being kind of like the title track, you know, the, the one of my original tunes on the recording is called In Spite of All This, I'm Still Happy, which, you know, it's kind of like, I guess if you'd say the character of the song is um, a guy in a world who's, um, you know, maybe not everything's going swimmingly for him, but yet, no matter what, the glass is half full, uh, maybe even more than half full. And I think that that kind of embodies who I am, as a uh, an artist and also as a person, so I wanted to kind of convey that, and I think still happy, just kind of, um, in a way, it's almost a little humorous uh, take on on who I am too, because it's just reminding folks that you know, not only am I still here, but I'm still happy. <laughs> <laughs> take that, that's, people. That's right. My therapist hates me and I'm filled with self-doubt Took my date to see a film, the show was sold out I'm fighting with depression and I might lose the bow In spite of all this, I'm still happy When I need a laugh, I watch the 10 o'clock news It's like I spend about half my time just wrestling the blues my dog just left a gift inside my favorite shoes In spite of all this, I'm still happy Sometimes it seems that life isn't fair But what is me is just a point of view The secret of this life is having someone to share Misery's more fun when this too I took a vacation and the whole week it rained Romantic evenings always end with a girl who's abstained But with all things going wrong, I really hate to complain 
Cause in spite of all this I'm still happy Your whole focus on still happy in spite of all this is perfect for where we are in the world today too which I took as a personal message when I got your CD because I keep up with the news in a big way and am that person who stops people on the street and says be sure to vote (laughs) I'm one of those people oh yeah and so I'm curious about that. I mean, jokes aside, I did I did love it because I thought here's something happy and certainly the CD is that way. But what do you think that's about? Was your family very optimistic? Do you think that it's a combination of nature and nurture? I'm curious about it because this oh, is a big conversation lately because I do. people are really uh, troubled by our times and some people are doing better with that than others. So talk about that. I think that's an interesting topic. Well, I mean, you know, I too, I think would say, you know, when you read the news, I mean, there's even a line in that song, you know, not to do another shameless plug, but... <laughs> Go ahead, that's said, what this show is that's about. That's true, I'm going to plug away. <laughs> you know. And uh, if you want to hear, what, what is it, I guess it's, um, you know, when I when I need a laugh, I watch the 10 o'clock news. Right. And that line came from just thinking of how much, you know, you're, you're watching what's going on in the world yes, now, and it is, I mean, if you don't laugh a little bit at it, you'll be crying a lot, you know? Uh, and and I, I think that, you know, that's kind of always been an attitude that I've been taught and I've learned from family and from, you know, close friends and the people I have relations with. It's probably what I'm attracted to with other people. Mm. I'm attracted to like-minded, like we all often mm-hmm, are. Mm-hmm. But, you know, you seek out people that are going to kind of put a smile on your face mm. and make you laugh as much as you can make them laugh. I mean, that's always been kind of my MO in life. And that sort of helps me kind of find my my Zen happiness mm. that that I've you know, I think I'm generally a pretty optimistic person, so that really kind of leads every day for me, you know? But you're looking for that, I think, is what I I'm picking it. up for that. Yeah, you seek it because as you're saying it, you're reminding me that I don't know, a couple of months ago I I thought I need to get the basic news in the morning. And then I'll watch it at the end of, you know, I listen to PBS because they do have a a balanced view on both sides, which I want. And I thought, but I need to get back to listening to more music. And I think that people, amateurs or non-professionals, I'll say, assume that we listen to music all the time, but music's in our head all the time. So a lot of times I want silence. I don't listen to a lot of music unless I'm working on something. And the minute I put something on, then I am working on something. So I have done that as a choice to say, no, put on some music, do that. Don't turn on the radio or don't, uh, well, and I definitely don't do social media, get away from that kind of thing. But, <laughs> well, that, you, you but can, it's a choice is what I'm hearing you say too. Well, I think, you know, we, we can really get caught up in any kind of, uh, you know, whether it be social media or like constant news feed, because Lord knows there's, there's so much coming at you all the time especially in our little devices, you know, and I think if, you know, we start to focus only on that, you know, it's a pretty quick downward spiral. Oh, yeah. And it also, I think, sometimes gives validity to things that shouldn't have it. You know what I mean? No, I know exactly. And that's well said. I think it's, it's a choice. I keep coming back to that, that we can bring ourselves out of it. And 
I mean, not everybody if they have real troubles with, but we're talking about your average person who's just, whether you're choosing to be negative or choosing to be more positive. I mean, and and when you say choice, I think choices in life are so um, important because, you know, I remember an acting teacher I had years ago. You probably remember her, Annette uh, Cardona, also known as Net Charles, she was a cha-cha in the movie Grease, and I worked with her. And what a what a wonderful woman! Um, she's no longer with us, unfortunately. But you know, she used to always say, "You know, life's full of choices." And if you'd say to her, you know, because it's like an acting teacher is almost like a therapist at times. You know, if you work closely with someone, and uh, she would always say that, you know, life's full of choices. And I always used to think of hearing people either in my life or people I knew saying how unhappy they were with their job, with their choice in life, and you know. You have a choice, which is you can leave that. And I think people think that, oh, I couldn't. There's no way I could do that. And, you know, they're, they made their choice and they're stuck with it. And I think, you know, then you look at people that are like in their 80s going back to college. You know? <laughs> oh, don't we love those people? Uh, yeah, and I think it's wonderful. I mean, I, I had an aunt who, you know, passed away recently at 97. And, uh, you know, she was in this class, Lifetime Learning, you know, and was doing like health food and exercising. And like two years before she passed away, she was like putting a new roof on her house. I mean, you know. That's optimistic. Good genes, you know. Good. I'm excited <laughs> about this. You know, I'm hoping I could put a roof on even when I hit my 80s. But but I think it's, you know, people like that, those are the inspiration. Those are the people that you think, okay, you know, they know and, and embody this idea that life is full of choices and you always have a choice. So, you know, don't stay stuck in something. This is why we, I think, do what we like to do is because it makes us fulfilled and happy. Mm-hmm. Exactly, you know? exactly. Smile a while. Laugh in such a happy style That the world will stop and smile with you Why not grin Even when the others win Smile and take it on the chin When blue Don't mind the raindrops Wait till the rain stops You'll find the sun laughing at life No road is lonely If you will only Smile through your tears Laughing at life Live for tomorrow, be happy today Laugh all your sorrow away Start now and cheer up The skies will clear up Lose all your blues, laughing at life And you brought me some choices that made me very happy of some of your inspirations, which yeah. were not 
the regular choices, I'll say. I love the Johnny Mercer you brought me. And just hearing Johnny Mercer's voice makes me happy. And it was funny, listening to this, he reminded me of Hoagie Carmichael, and I'd never noticed that before. Yeah, well, Just listening to this, it's been a while since I've heard him sing. Yeah. And just for a second, I thought, wait a minute, is that Hoagie? (laughs) There's something about it. But they had, and not to... uh, to beat this to death, but there was something about a little tongue-in-cheek, uh, not taking things too seriously, although the music's very serious because well, it's such a sophisticated yeah. level, but just fun with it. Talk about this Johnny Mercer track. I loved it. Thank you for this. Oh, yeah. Well, you know, it, it's funny. When you gave me that assignment, let's call it. Yeah, uh, yeah, it is an that assignment. That was so difficult because there are so many areas and artists that have influenced me. And the, the hardest part was, you know, five or a little more, I think it was. Yeah, you know, and that's what we're talking that, about is I asked I ask guests on the show to choose five or more, but that but a limited amount because it's an hour show. Right, right. Of the things that have influenced you, inspired you, and it's fascinating because it's different than that show Desert Island Discs, which people are choosing what would they go to an island with. Right, right, Assuming right. they'd find a CD player or some or a computer on an island. I always find that interesting. Yeah, <laughs> but, no, yeah. exactly. But, exactly. What would you bring to an island? A, a lifeboat. A lifeboat, thank <laughs> and, you. And exactly. maybe a recipe from Gilligan's Island, you know, a recipe book. I, and good company. <laughs> good company. But Marianne, this is really you... what has inspired you or continues. And well, so continues. So that was the assignment. Yeah, so that, and, and you know, that was the hard part because I remember even writing an article a couple of years back for the Jazz Education Network magazine, and it was something like, what's on your playlist? And it was another hard one where it's like, and I went down and I even like, you know, I was choosing, you know, certain, uh, I think it was like a Coltrane record, and, you know, it was, it was like albums. And, and I remember even kind of going a little bit off the beaten path as a jazz musician and saying, Sweeney Todd, you know, Stephen Sondheim, Sweeney Todd, and going, well, this, there's a reason. It's because that album was very influential to me, you know, um, uh, as an actor for many years. Right. But also, kind of when I first saw that production, um, when they did it, the revival, Circle in the Square, it was life-changing. I was like, this is what I want to do. I want to be, you know, I'm, I mean, I knew earlier than that that yeah, I wanted to be an entertainment. but get you. This was like, oh, it's got everything. You know, you've got, you know, amazing lyrics, fantastic music, you know, uh, uh, kind of music hall comedy and cannibalism. I mean, what else could you ask what else for could you in want? a theater piece? <laughs> <laughs> But uh, I was. <laughs> you remind me. I saw that with Angela Lansbury in oh, Los yeah, that Angeles. Was the first, oh wow! And I was very, very young, and I went with a friend, and it all came together for me exactly how it came for you. And I started crying. Yeah. Because I thought this is what I want to do, and this is when I was thinking I was going to be a stage actor. And I did. Tears are coming down my face because I was so over. Those, those, they are orgasmic. It's a moment when everything comes together. Absolutely. Yeah. And this friend turns to me and says, why are you crying? It's not even a sad part. <laughs> and I, I looked at her and I thought, I'm going to come to these things alone. <laughs> Talk about bringing you out of your spot, right, right, you right. know. <laughs> so get back, Johnny Mercer. Yeah. So what did Johnny Mercer do for you? Gosh, so much. Um, you know, the Johnny Mercer... Particularly the track I chose um, was Accentuate the Positive. And, you know, I thought that kind of, you know, Johnny Mercer wrote so many amazing uh, lyrics and also, you know, composed some tremendous uh, melodies as well. But I felt that he would embody and kind of represent the entire 
canon of songwriters and composers of the American popular songbook, which really every one of them, so many of them mean so much to me, you know, and have done so much for me. So that was kind of like the representational. But I'll go a step further in saying that Mercer in particular, I have this affinity for his his music and his lyrics. And I think it's because, you know, and, and although personally he had a lot of darkness in his life, um, and I think probably a lot of those uh, guys and gals from that era did. Uh, but I don't know. There's something about the um, the swinging nature of what Mercer brought to his work as an artist and the fact that I think of all the singer-songwriters you know, of that era, he just had such a sound that was so indelible and so different and um, just joyous. You know, It brought forth this... Um, I mean, you're smiling when you're listening to what he did, whether it was his stuff with the Pied Pipers or, you know, um, just his stuff on Capitol. Uh, There was always this, like, you know, and I think his interpretations of his own work were some of the best. Gather round me, everybody. Gather round me while I preach some. Feel a sermon coming on me. The topic will be sin, and that's what I'm again. If you wanna hear my story, then settle back and just sit tight while I start. Attitude of doing right You got to accentuate to positive Eliminate the negative and latch on To the affirmative Don't mess with Mr. In-Between You got to spread joy Up to the maximum, bring gloom Down to the minimum, have faith Or pandemonium, liable to walk upon the scene To illustrate my last remark Jonah in the whale, Noah in the ark What did they do just when everything looked so dark? Man, they said we better hide You got to accentuate to positive Yes, I need to negative and latch on To the affirmative Don't mess with Mr. In-Between No, don't mess with Mr. In-Between I'm Judy Carmichael and this is Jazz Inspired. I'm talking with vocalist saxophonist Danny Backer.
I find it interesting that you talk about having a dark side because when we're talking about Johnny Mercer or some of those other people, this comes back to something we were talking about off mic before we started, about being aware and being engaged, something you learned in acting. And I hear that with those people. I think that that it's in their music, their singing if they sing, in a way that's subtle, but it gives heft sure. to the music, to where people now, everything's so on the surface, if they're, if they're singing a song and it's, I love him, you know, it's like it's out there, it's overacting, I guess. Right. It's right. And that's what makes, for me, some of those people really interesting is because of that. I think well, that comes, they, you know that they know, they know life. I, I think, you know, there's an old saying in, in theater, which is, you know, you're not really a true actor until you hit, you know, 50, because you really haven't lived life. Oh, that's interesting. You know, to the full, you haven't had the loss, you know, you haven't had the tragedy you haven't had the experiences that one mm. has. And I think there's a lot of truth to that. But I also think as artists and as humans, we're complicated, you know. And, and, and I think, as I said before, my MO is definitely a positive and upbeat one. Mm. You know, we all have our depressing days or we have, you know, things that have happened that aren't going the way we want them. And, you know, personality traits that we're always, let's say, working on, you know. Mm. Um, Hopefully. But I hope, we hope, right? <laughs> I mean, you know, talking about self-awareness, right? Exactly. We hope that we are aware of the things that we need to work on a bit, you know. Um, but, uh, yeah, so I think that that, you know, of course makes the artist uh, more of a whole being yeah and, and you hear that it comes through like i mean even from my first record to my second record i'm a different person you know i've learned i feel i've learned so much i feel like i'm progressing in the right way mm. you know as a younger artist it's like you always are learning i'm, I'm still studying with people mm -hmm. you know talk uh, about the track hooray for hollywood i loved your <laughs> added lyrics because that was not just updated it was it's really fun. Talk about it. Well, getting back to Mercer, of course. Yeah. And um, being so kind of a devoted student of his work, I thought if there ever was a lyric that needed maybe a little updating, it was Hooray for Hollywood, because I've always loved that tune. I, it kind of makes me think of like, you know, this era that I'm so influenced by and that I'm so infatuated with, you know, this kind of old golden age of Hollywood. And, uh, you know, but I'm thinking as I listened to the original lyric, of course, it's a Richard Whiting melody, and they did wonderful stuff together. Then I started thinking about the lyric and thinking, today, a lot of people don't even know who Shirley Temple is, let alone Amy Semple. Right, right. And I thought, well, it would be kind of fun to give the lyric a little lift mm -hmm. in a humorous way, you know, and not a, in any disrespectful regard, but really more of a um, kind of an homage yeah. to some of my favorite writers. And, and I, I remember when I was working on, on this, Debbie Whiting, if you know Debbie, who's uh, Richard's granddaughter and Margaret's daughter, got wind that I was doing this. And of course, you know, said, I want to hear this lyric. And, <laughs> and I nervously sent her the lyric and was so thrilled that she was so happy with it and said, you know, my, my grandfather and, and Johnny would have loved it. And I no, was just so... Oh, well, that's the biggest compliment. It was compliment. such a compliment, you know, and I was like also very relieved because I was lawyering up as we spoke. 
no, but I no, I knew that that you know they would probably appreciate it, and uh, so um, it was just really fun. And I thought of you know how do you kind of poke fun, sort of tongue in cheek at a town that I'm enamored by, but also horrified by, horrified, and, and and you know find to be kind of um, you know a parody sometimes of itself. So so that that's kind of where where the inspiration came, and uh, it was fun. Hooray for Hollywood, that screwy valley hooey Hollywood, where any office boy or young mechanic can be a panic with just a good looking pen. Where any shop girl can be a top girl if she pleases a tired businessman. Hooray for Hollywood, where you're terrific if you're even good. Or anyone at all from Jeremy Renner to Caitlyn Jenner is equally understood. Go out and try your luck, you might be Donald Duck. Hooray for Hollywood, hooray for Hollywood. That freaking phony vegan Hollywood. They come from everywhere, some meek, some gallant, all range of talent to give 100%. Those desperate slouches use casting couches in hopes to get their footprints into cement. Hooray for Hollywood! You may be homely in your neighborhood. Just save your money up and you'll be splurging to see a surgeon. He'll make your tuchus look good. Then grab a power sup, be sure to lawyer up. Hooray for Hollywood! of gluten Hollywood One day you're waiting tables or a teacher Next day you're featured in some blockbuster to see With films so graphic the smog and traffic will drive you right to some drug dependency Hooray for Hollywood Where art meets commerce like it only could The place for actor, stuntman or YouTuber So call an Uber You ought to go where you should For violence, drugs, and sex Fly into LAX Hooray for Hollywood It's really something Hooray for Hollywood Danny Backer on Hooray for Hollywood I'm Judy Carmichael And this is Jazz Inspired
I'm Judy Carmichael, and this is Jazz Inspired. Our show is made possible in part with generous support from Steinway & Sons and from East Hampton Indoor Tennis, eight indoor and 20 outdoor courts in a quiet, beautiful park-like setting. Visit ehit.ws for more information. Additional support is provided by JazzOnTheTube.com, the largest annotated collection of classic jazz videos online, from early jazz greats like Louis Armstrong to Thelonious Monk and other bebop masters. The collection also includes an extensive library of Afro-Cuban jazz. All are available with a free subscription at JazzOnTheTube.com. For a schedule of upcoming programs of Jazz Inspired, visit our website at jazzinspired.com. You can listen to podcasts of Jazz Inspired on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm talking to vocalist saxophonist Danny Backer. You started out acting, and you loved old movies and all of that grew up. And like so many of us, I found that so common, which is interesting to me because I was considered a bit of a freak when I was a kid. And then all of us wound up in this business. And it's funny because everyone, I've met so many people, not everyone, especially the ones like Harry Allen, who you have on the CD and that I often work with, he was just listening to jazz, so he was not watching old movies. But there are a lot of us who are interested in musical theater who, no matter what our age, those movies were way ahead of our time. But we were obsessed. I was obsessed with Shirley Temple movies. Great music, great dancing, (laughs) all of that. So you were interested in acting. You have done a lot of acting, uh, comedy, all of that. What made this transition? Because you were also singing, but this is a big transition because you were really pursuing the jazz thing now, for lack of calling it something else. Or how do you feel? How do you see your career? It, it's it's very interesting. And, and, you know, going back to the idea of someone living a very full life, I, I feel very blessed that I've been able to have a lot of experiences. And I always encourage not just you know, anyone but artists especially to do that. And, you know, if you have a like or an interest, pursue it, but with a great passion. Because when you delve into something full-heartedly or wholeheartedly, it it really allows you to gain not only knowledge but a great appreciation for it. And, uh, you know, you mentioned growing up being kind of a freak. I I, I sort of tell people I always had a misspent youth. (laughs) And, you know, I was lucky because I was very close to my grandparents, um, both my fathers and mothers, and I had them all with me. Oh, and, lucky and you. still have my one grandmother with me, you know, which is pretty amazing. You have very and good genes. Good genes, I tell you, you know. And, and they're comfortable genes, too, which <laughs> I've been, you know, well, well worn. But, uh, but uh, I, you know, I, I, um, no, I feel very lucky because there was always this kind of, you know, encouragement and positive, you know, you do whatever makes you happy. You do what you want to do because that'll make you a better person. And, you know, um, so getting back to the closeness of the relationship with, you know, not only my parents, but my grandparents' generation and sort of the correlation to old movies is that there's, there's a thing, there's a pattern here in my life, which is I like to tell people I always have one foot in the past and one foot moving forward. And it's because so much of what's influenced me in my work has been things from that generation. And you, you have to face that jazz 
you know, was a popular music at one point in this country. And at a time when jazz was popular, the movies that were popular at the same time were playing that music and were influenced by that, you know, style, swing, and all the stuff I was into and couldn't get away from was kind of influencing the other. One was influ influencing the other. So it was sort of, for me, I guess you would say it started as a combination of my parents before VCRs, by the way, um, would go to the library and get out these old comic strips. And they would, uh, you know, not, excuse me, not comic strips, um, film strips. And these film strips were like, you know, eight millimeter films they would show on our projector and our screen. They were silent movies, Chaplin. Your folks had those. They would go to the library and get them. And my brother and I would sit there and laugh our, our tuchuses off watching Laurel and Hardy and Keaton and Chaplin. And then, of course, got into, you know, the uh, other comedians like Danny Kaye, the Marx Brothers. But your parents would expose you to this they because would, you were interested or they really they, liked they, it? They, they, they took a stab because my brother and I were so such a team, you know, and just had this, like, love for entertaining. Mm. And, you know, at a very early age, like, you know, probably even before full sentences were coming out of our mouths, there was this, like, they kind of got this Did idea. you hear the one about? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, I, I would say that. You I was a little younger. Comedians. And my brother would do the punchlines. It was always a, it was good to have that team, you know. But uh, uh. <laughs> so it was kind of this innate thing that my parents took to and started getting And then these, reinforced. These, yeah, and, and you would watch these Laurel and Hardy films and then start watching the, the talkies, you know, it was like we were <laughs> progressing as the movies progressed, you know, silence and then into the talking pictures, even though these movies had already been out for, you know, 50 or 60 years. And then you start to hear the, the scores and like people like, you know, Leroy Shield or Marvin Hatley were doing these amazing kind of jazzy scores. And I'm like, not only do I dig this comedy and this humor, but I love this music. And then couple that with my grandfather, my mother's father, who was always playing these records and the radio, like, you know, make-believe ballroom and all this stuff. And I'd be listening, and we'd go up there and spend time a lot with them. And I'd be like, okay, this, who's this? This is Benny Goodman. Who's this? Or this is Count Basie. This is Duke Ellington. And I just couldn't get enough of that music. So they really educated you. Really, very much. And then I'd borrow his records. and then I, So then when I started playing the saxophone when I was 10, it was like, okay... You know, I wasn't really the best reader, but my ears were very, very developed. So I worked on a tone, getting a good sound, and emulating all these guys like Johnny Hodges and figuring out what vibrato was. So before, you know, I could learn to read Hot Cross Buns, I'm sitting listening to these records and going, okay, now I'm going to play what this guy's playing. And I didn't even differentiate. I'm going to play just the sax. I was like, okay, I want to play what the clarinets are playing. I want to play what the trombones are playing, what the trumpets. So I would start to play along with these records and was doing that well before I could read music.
Johnny Hodges with the Duke Ellington Orchestra on Isfahan from the recording Far East Suite, a favorite of my guest, saxophonist vocalist Danny Backer. I'm Judy Carmichael, and this is Jazz Inspired. You talked about watching Laurel and Hardy, and that was all of a piece, and I think a lot of times people don't think about the fabulous music that was in those things, but it was integral to everything. And I was delighted that you brought me a Laurel and Hardy track to play. It's wonderful. So talk about this track. Well, I, I think not only you know were they such big influences on what I do as an artist, and I still you know think of them so much in, in choices I make, uh, but also there's something so endearing about the two of them, and um, just so lovely. There was this amazing chemistry, and there's a reason why that chemistry, I think, is still um, keeping them popular today, even if younger people don't know necessarily what they were. If you show a younger person one of their films, I they think love they, it. they fall in love. And, and you know, <laughs> I, the track that I gave you kind of embodies that wonderful chemistry and relationship and love they had for each other. And it's also just adorable. So that's why I sent it. My name is June, and very, very soon she'll belong to me. For I know she's waiting there for me neath that lone pine tree in the Blue Ridge Mountains of Virginia, on the trail of the lonesome pine, in the pale moonshine, a heart's entwine, where she carved her name. And I carved mine or June Or June just like, like the, the mountains are blue Like the pine I am lonesome for you In the blue ridge of the of the trail of the lonesome pine In the blue ridge mountains of Virginia on the trail of the lonesome pine In the pale moonshine Our hearts entwine Where she carved her name And I carved mine Oh, June Like the mountains, I'm blue Like the pine I am lonesome for you Laurel and Hardy on Trail of the Lonesome Pine from their 1937 film, Way Out West. I'm Judy Carmichael, and this is Jazz Inspired. I'm talking with vocalist saxophonist Danny Backer. One of the things that impresses me about you is that the music's strong, the comedy's strong, all these things are strong, so they're there. That's all taken care of. But you're an entertainer, and I think that that phrase in our business, in sophisticated music, 
sometimes gets a bad rap. But we're supposed to be entertaining. And you bring that all together and advocate for that rather than that being a bad thing. Because a lot of times the people that are, that are entertaining, they've sort of let the music go or they've let whatever that, maybe even the acting go. Um, how do we put out that, that being entertaining is a good thing? You know what I'm saying? It, it's a funny thing Absolutely. because I've had that in my own life. I, I feel that my own uh, performing life, I never assume that anybody knows who any of these people are. I always, I, I had some people thank me for introducing them to Gershwin, and they were in their 50s. Wow. So people don't know these things, and I love that you don't assume that, because we can't assume that anymore. No, and, and I think, you know, it's really, it's important to, um, it's an uphill battle, let's just say, as an entertainer in this industry. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, what's interesting is if you look at pop music, I think there's a huge entertainment aspect to what they're doing. It's almost more entertainment than anything else. That's, well, that's where they start. And, you know, that's one area where I will say, because I'm certainly not, you know, a huge fan of a lot of what's pop today, mm. but I will say that that's one area where jazz can take a little page out of a book because where did it at some point get into this kind of taking itself so seriously? And like you said, you know, it's a hard, it's almost like you're starting with a couple of strikes against you when you come out into this world of jazz, let's say, and, you know, want to make people laugh or want to bring smiles to people's faces or or do um, songs that aren't, you know, just about the seriousness um, and intensity of what the music can be. Mm. And, uh, you know, I mean, that's one of the great things I love about jazz is that it's so, there's so many sub-genres, let's say, of jazz that everybody, there's something for everybody just in jazz, you know? Yeah, it's it, huge. But it's hard to define, you know? And it's, it's again, it's about labels. I, I really don't like the idea that, you know, everybody's so obsessed with labels. You know, if I do many different things, it, it all influences what I do now and has influenced what I do now. And that's kind of what makes me uniquely me. And, you know, why do I have to tell people, well, this is what I am, you know, first and foremost, End of story. You know, it's it's frustrating. I think it's people have trouble. I think a lot of people want labels because they're uncomfortable with things not being defined, being out of control. All those things. Yeah, Yeah. and it's all that stuff about jazz that we love because it's improvisational. You have to let go to it. Exactly. It don't mean a thing if it ain't got that swing. It don't mean a thing. All you gotta do is sing. Well, it makes no difference if it's sweet or hot. Just give the rhythm everything you've got. Mean nothing if it ain't got that swing. Do 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 da. Do 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 do
Joe Williams with the Thad Jones Mel Lewis Orchestra, a great source of inspiration for my guest, vocalist saxophonist Danny Backer. I'm Judy Carmichael, and this is Jazz Inspired. the tune if it's love you want baby that's me talk about that your version and what inspired you with this who did you first hear do this well it's really an obscure tune you know this is on my first record and i did a tribute to not one not two but three louis and i thought you know uh, it would be fun to kind of and it was hard to do that obviously to narrow down oh yeah you know the catalog of one let alone three but it was just kind of a fun it's a Louis Jordan tune, right? It is a Louis Jordan tune. In fact, he's the only one that's ever done it, and it's oh, so obscure. Oh, he is, and I I've love him, but I didn't know it. Never. Well, that's just it, you know. And I, I'm a kind of a, I like to put on a, a you know, a miner's hat when I'm digging, you know, for tunes, because I not only like to do a tune or two that people might really find familiar. I think that's important because it's, you know, as an entertainer and as a performer, I really, really like to consider my audience. Oh, yeah. what a concept. Exactly. <laughs> you know, but I, mean, I think that, you know, I think we come away from that a lot today. Oh, yeah. No, you've got to give them something that they know. It can't all be unfamiliar. Well, we're there for them, you know, if you yeah, think about it, right? Absolutely. We wouldn't be working if it wasn't for an audience, you know? So I, I think that... I mean, well, always, I love this tune. Talk about the well, tune. Yeah. I think it's very funny. Well... You know, I kind of wrote the, the rap. I always tell people that Louis Jordan was really the first rap artist in this country. And, and I think that, uh, you know, he was sort of the master at just doing this great R&B and, and, you know, jazz music, real fun, like jump, you know, like ain't nobody here but us chickens and, you know, uh, uh, let the good times roll, all these really good, and good tunes. But he also really influenced a lot of people. You know, you really wouldn't have Ray Charles if you didn't have someone like Louis Jordan. Um not to be confused with Louis Jordan. 
<laughs> which people say. That's so funny. I was just making that comparison. <laughs> people are like, okay, we got Louis Prima, Louis, G- Louis Armstrong, and, and the guy from Gigi. <laughs> If you like a guy with gold, don't care if he's young or old, it's a sense you're barking up the wrong tree. But if you want to get your kicks from a boy who knows the tricks, if it's love you want, baby, that's me. If you want a guy with class who is way above the mass, well, I'm not the right person, obviously. But if you want to get that glow, From a cat that's in the know If it's love you want, baby, that's me So take your time and think it over Don't do anything that's rash Don't go for a guy with flash Cause love will last longer than cash If you want a streamlined car Or a handsome movie star I'm not the right type, I must agree But if you feel like getting sent From a truly righteous gent If it's love you want, baby, that's me Now, I'm not one to brag or boast But I'll take you out, honey, and prove the perfect host I'm a feminist doll face, so what the heck I'll even let you pay the check If it's love you want, baby, that's me got a message to all you ladies out there. If you're searching cyberspace for love, you won't find it there. Come over to my place, I'll blow your mind. There'll be close encounters of every kind. If it's love you want, baby, that's me. Now you wrote the rap on on this tune. Talk about that. Yeah, well, I, I, because I felt, you know, again, it was going back to it, something being dated. What worked for Louis Jordan wouldn't necessarily work coming out of my mouth. So the challenge in that was, you know, going to my comedy writing chops and writing something that would work for me as the artist. So that's where that comes out. And, you know, I think sometimes it's funny when I'm doing that song in a live performance, people don't always know what to make of it. They're like, oh, you know, and it's clearly this guy's kind of a jerk and he's talk about not being self-aware, you know, and thinks he's the God's gift to women, you know. But it, it's done in such an outlandish, outrageous way that, it's, you know, you have to see the humor in it. And usually audiences do, so it's kind of fun. Let's give it a whirl and try your luck. Come on over so we can find romance. If it's love you want, baby, that's me. Honey, please don't make me ask again. Come on back to my place. You can bring a friend. Just one night with me, you'll want no other. But we'll have to be quiet so we don't wake up mother. If it's love you want, baby, that's me. So take your time and think it over. Don't do anything that's rash. Don't go for a guy with flash. Cause love will last longer than cash. If you want a guy with class who is way above the mass, well, I'm not the right person, obviously. But if you want to get that glow from a cat that's in the know, if it's love you want, baby, that's me. That is me. Oh, yes, baby, that's me. 
let's stop playing this game of cat and mouse, honey, and why don't you come on home with me? I mean, I could show you my, my, my etchings. I, I got some 8x10s and some, some black and whites, and, you know, we'll have a, a glass of wine. I, I, we could put down a magnet, the two of us. You know, I, I got small glasses, so it'll, it'll take us all night. Look at a couple of nude paintings, get in the mood. I mean, come on, babe, what do you say? Just, just you and me and some Barry Manilow. What? No? You don't like Barry Manilow? How about some Michael Bolton? Well, wait a minute. Now, don't leave. Honey, honey, wait. Wait. Danny, you came all the way from the wilds of New Jersey to see me. I really appreciate that. And we've had all kinds of... I think the phone is ringing and things are happening outside. We have all this because voting is coming up. That's right. And they're calling and trying to get us to vote. And do you think maybe it was... uh, that sawing was a chainsaw massacre that's about to happen or something? I well, mean, I mean, you know, Halloween just did happen. So, so you I, think that is it something he, about the two of us together? Do you think that our energy has made these things sort of, you know, they have to stop w- this world, power? Worlds may collide, you know? Yes, I, I think. think that might be it. The stars have aligned. <laughs> There's a Hasidic region of... Anyway, I... <laughs> It's fantastic. I'm a big fan, and I'm so glad that we got to meet. It's just fantastic. Thank Likewise. You. Is that our Chinese food? Yes. <laughs> Thank you, Danny. Thank you for having me. It was a real pleasure, and I, I'm just so thrilled to be a part of this. Thank you. You've been listening to my conversation with Danny Backer. I hope you'll join me here next time when I talk with another celebrated creative person about how jazz has inspired their life and work. I'm Judy Carmichael, the host and producer of Jazz Inspired. My production engineers are J.D. Allen and Curtis Heidoff. You can download podcasts of Jazz Inspired from iTunes or at TalkShoe.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Our opening music was Airmail Special, and the mid-break music is a smooth one from my CD, High on Fats and Other Stuff. The closing music is Old Fashioned Love from my CD trio. I'm on piano with Mike Hashem on sax and Chris Flory on guitar. Judy Carmichael's Jazz Inspired is made possible with generous support from our listeners and from Steinway and Sons and from Sag Harbor Florist. Visit sagharborflorist.net. For a schedule of upcoming programs, to sign up for our email newsletter, or to find out how you can personally support Jazz Inspired, visit our website at jazzinspired.com. You can email us at info at jazzinspired.com or visit us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at StrideQueen. Additional support is provided by Jazz Times Magazine, providing entertaining and provocative coverage of the jazz scene since 1970, on the web at jazztimes.com. Jazz Inspired is also sponsored in part by Page at 63 Main in Sag Harbor, New York, serving organic microgreens and vegetables grown on their own energy-efficient indoor and outdoor aquaponic farms. Better taste, happier planet. Visit Page at 63 Main at opentable.com. And special thanks to Henry and Gilda Block and to the Ken Coker Foundation. For more information, visit jazzinspired.com or judycarmichael.com. <laughs>